What is going on, guys? We've got an exciting football show here. I'm here with Ryan, and it's, it's not that often that Rimpak and I get to chop up football. It's not that often we get to do shows together in general, but uh, certainly I've never done a football show together. So that's something I'm looking forward to. We've also got a new sponsor here, FanUp. So we're going to be talking to that. They've got a massive football contest this week. You, got, you guys could see Jordan Klein, who's sharing his own phone on the screen, which is really exciting. Who knows what kind of text messages Jordan might get over the course of the show. All the more reason to watch because you never know what, what ladies might be texting, other things that are going to be going on. Very exciting that Jordan is sharing his screen with us. But so FanUp, if you guys see, we've got the app up right here. Really big contest. They're offering contests $400,000 prize pool for the football playoffs, $200,000 to first place. Ryan's played on FanUp a lot over the course of the football season. So not only is he going to talk to you guys about some of the stuff that's going on there, but he's going to educate me a little bit as well because I'm familiar with the app, but I haven't played on as much as Ryan. I'm going to be diving into it this weekend for football. What's going on, Ryan? No, excited. Uh, I guess I'm making my Osmo NFL uh, uh, (laughs) show debut. It's my first NFL show. Excited to do a show with you yet again, Greg. I know we don't get to uh, do these as often as we should be doing them. But uh, yeah, speaking of our sponsor, FanUp, shout out to them. I've been able to play on their site uh, for this past season. They had a flex ball uh, contest that ran from week one to week 17. So it's an interesting twist to, I guess, DFS and a combination of best ball. Imagine if DFS and best ball kind of had a baby together, it would be flex ball is how I would look at it. And uh, more importantly, it's the 200K up uh, first place prize pool. That's eye-opening as is. And these large prize pools uh, on newer sites, is it, there's advantage, there's advantage to be playing them, potential overlay, a new site, you know, being able to fill up, figure out a new strategy. Uh, trying to before it gets too popular it has been very beneficial to me over the past few years but excited to talk about this it's a very uh friendly platform uh one thing that stands out to me and people who hate salaries this is uh your new best friend because there are no salary constraints on phantoms flexball tournament yeah and then one other thing i should mention here is that if you guys are just looking to get interested in it there's a really easy way to just get your foot in the door you download the app Besides using the promo code AWESOMO, you get $20 in free play money for no, just free. Just sign up, use the promo code AWESOMO. You don't have to put any money in and you get $20 in free play money that you could use to enter some contests on FanUp. Also, if you're playing for the first time, you go and sign up using that promo code AWESOMO. If you enter two entries into this big contest we have on the screen right now, the third entry is going to be 25% off. So good things to take advantage of over at FanUp, but especially just sign up using the promo code AWESOMO, $20 free play, uh, no risk to you at all right there. Uh, so I, I want to ask you also, Ryan, what's the scoring like on, on FanUp and how does it differ from sites like FanDuel or DraftKings and how exactly does this does this flex ball work uh, as compared to just you know best ball? What's different about it? So for sure, and in fan up scoring, it kind of uh, rewards the quarterbacks for a bit more. Uh, pretty similar scoring to uh, other DFS sites. Passing touchdowns are f- uh, four points, but where it gets different is twenty passing yards are worth 0.05 points. So uh, twenty uh, uh, passing yards are uh, sorry 0.05 points per yard. So one point for every 20 passing yards. Most, the standard has usually been 25 uh, passing yards per one point. So that's a little different. Uh, you get uh, rewarded for 100-yard receiving game. Uh, you get three extra points there. Uh, and then similar receiving touchdowns are six touch, uh, six points. 100-yard rushing game is three points. So it does uh, reward a quarterback a bit more on uh, fan-up scoring. 
Uh, in terms of roster construction, you get one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex. A flex being you get rewarded 1.5x your favorite running back, wide receiver, tight end for that specific lineup. Yeah, and then something else we should mention here with the way it works is once you buy in, you're setting a new lineup for the entirety of the playoffs. So this one entry fee is going to cover you for the entire playoffs. And while it's the same contest, you're building a new lineup each week. So that's where it's it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. DFS, best ball, yearly fantasy, and it, it's innovative. It's a little bit of a different way to play uh, fantasy sports, which is cool. Uh, and then I also want to ask you, because in conjunction with some of the tools we have over at Awesomeo, how much different would you look at the projections for individual quarterbacks or wide receivers for for fan up compared to, you know, like DraftKings or FanDuel? Like, are there any quarterbacks or any other positions that you usually look at and think players look vastly different on fan up compared to the main sites? It, uh, with the, I, over time, with the um, because the scoring in the sense is for this super wild card weekend, you'll set a team, you'll get a score. Let's say your team puts up 100 points, and next week you set your team, your team puts up 200 points. So entering week three, your team will have 300 points going into it. So it's aggregated scoring. Uh, it gets summed up week by week. So over time, I do think it is beneficial. Obviously, a week-to-week variance kicks in, but targeting, it does help uh, over time to target the quarterbacks that pass a bit more. So it does reward a Josh Allen. Uh, it did reward a Pat Mahomes earlier on the season. Did hit a rough spot in between. Did pick things up back at the end. There was a tear with Tom Brady when Tom Brady was lighting it up. So it does, uh, with that extra uh, five yards less, you get that point. It does add up over time. But with such a small sample, with only uh, with only five or six weeks, because you can play till the Super Bowl, it won't uh, be as weighted as heavily as it was throughout the season. So I wouldn't worry too much about looking for a passing quarterback it's we don't have to worry about a lamar jackson in this tournament uh because there's no he's not there kyler murray's a guy who's rushing upside for sure that you can definitely uh be a little bit step away he's not rushing as much as he once was once he was a rookie or second year player but looking at the projections they're pretty pretty close to what we have on the site right now yeah and then something else i want to ask you just kind of general strategy and then we'll talk about some of these players position by position but you've played on this more than me, obviously, because I have not yet played on it. I'm going to be playing on it for the first time this weekend. How do you think you're going to be approaching this in general? Like, Do you want to play the chalk more in week one and then maybe try to differentiate as the playoffs go on? So let's say you get behind in the standings after week one. It would make sense to me to be contrarian to try to keep up. But would you change your strategy in terms of being just chalky or contrarian heading into the playoffs and then as the playoffs uh, go on, if, if that makes sense? So I definitely think it's um, I definitely think uh, heading into the playoffs, I, uh, we definitely should be considering chalk. Chalk is good because chalk is usually a highly projected place with no side constraints. Uh, this is definitely going to pan out for you. So I think going to a highly constructed, uh, highly projected place makes a lot of sense early on. And then, like you said, if things don't pan out, you can pivot. I, for example, I got burned a couple weeks uh, throughout the season with uh, one being the Thursday night game with Christian McCaffrey. I decided to play him in my flex uh, 1.5 Christian McCaffrey sounds pretty amazing. Right. And uh, he got hurt and the season was never the same since. And then I missed out on some of the Jonathan Taylor explosion spots. So I didn't finish as high as they once started off on. Cause it was really tough for me to make up ground in, in um, a small setting like this. I do think it'll definitely work out for you where 
I think going for the chalk early on, a highly projected plays. I haven't seen the ownership to be as sharp on a smaller site will definitely pay off for you. And then being able to pivot off small plays here and there will work out for you. All right. So let's start talking about some of the positions now. And like you said, we're still going to be looking at the same positions that there are on, on other DFS sites with one difference being is that there is a, a flex position, which is going to be either a, one, a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end, 1.5x. You can't just go plug a quarterback in there. But let's start with some of the quarterbacks. And looking at some of the plays that we have at our disposal this weekend, it's you know a lot of the top-performing fantasy quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. Uh, and given how the scoring works, that it does favor passing yards a little bit more, does this devalue some of the running quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts a little bit? I do think so. And I do think um, with the 1.5x flex ball setup, uh, I do think it's very beneficial to sta- stack here. Uh, I think if you nail the stack, you're going to be well well on your way to placing pretty high on a week-to-week basis. And unfortunately, as Jalen Hurts has been a great fantasy quarterback all year long, and it's not necessary to stack, and Jalen Hurts can definitely be the highest scoring quarterback on his own. There's no de- denying that. I'm just saying to reach the upside week in and week out, I do think nailing the stack is very pivotal pivotal in this situation. So uh, looking at that uh, thing, I mean, right off the bat, I, I do think uh, a very popular play of late has been Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase has been lighting it up. I think I'll be shying away a little bit. Uh, the uh, Vegas team has been playing pretty well against the perimeter. Uh, and I don't. I think uh, the Vegas team doesn't blitz as much, and Joe Burrow performs exceptionally well under the blitz, while most of his interceptions has, have weirdly come when he's not been blitzed. So uh, it's a kind of been an interesting uh, situation with uh, Joe Burrow over there. But I think a nailing a stack like a st- uh, Matt Stafford at quarterback to Cooper Cup in the flex is can definitely pan out. That same stack on a Monday night game, which it was in Arizona, I think Cooper Cup had – 14 or 15 catches all like was amazing he's been amazing all year long it's very beneficial to find that stack that you nail if you put him in the flex i have noticed a lot of the wide receivers are not highly his own people go to the higher projected plays and this weekend one thing i've noticed there's in playoffs in general there are those like stud running backs that as derrick henry hasn't yet to return there's no jonathan taylor uh there's no austin eckler a lot of the high price running backs we've seen in dfs are not going to be available in the playoffs. So it's going to be really important to nail those running backs as well. And something else, just looking at our, at our quarterback projections for this weekend slate. And don't forget that this, that this contest over on fan up, it covers the Saturday games, the Sunday games, the Monday games. And in fact, this is actually a bigger prize pool than what DraftKings has for their Sunday to Monday contest and more money to first place with 200 K. But what do you make of the top quarterbacks to roster from this standpoint? If you just look at our projections, we have Patrick Mahomes project for way more fantasy points than any other quarterback. And then there's a really tight grouping of like Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Colin Murray. These guys are all really tight to each other. So do you look at Patrick Mahomes as being far and away the top quarterback option to play on on fan up this weekend? Or is there somebody else you think makes sense as the top overall QB? And I think uh, based on obviously uh, one way to look at trying to nail like guys who are going to score really high in quarterbacks. And I, I do think there is a correlation with high Vegas totals and quarterback fantasy performance. And Kansas City has the highest projected implied uh, total at this very moment. Them and Tampa Bay lead the way. So those two guys, Brady and uh, Patrick Mahomes, are exceptional quarterback plays on this type of format. And they're very friendly stacking partners as well. I mean, you can even uh, do a 
Mahomes double sack with Hill and Kelsey. Uh, that had paid off for me early on in the week, uh, earlier on in the year over here on Fan Up. And then a Tom Brady, Evans, Gronk could work out for you. And there are ways to get a little different. I don't expect Kelsey to be a very popular flex option. Kelsey can be the highest uh, highest scoring uh, flex player uh, any given week. He's that special little player. And it's a Pittsburgh matchup that everyone expects them to get uh, uh, light up Pittsburgh. Even Ben Roethlisberger thought they have no chance against them. He's being kind of sarcastic, but he kind of knows what he's going up against. But one thing uh, I, I do think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the running back situation ends up happening. We both got... I think we got word yesterday, both Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire were limited in practice. So that's going to be very interesting to see how does that affect the game plan. Uh, running backs against Pittsburgh have been a goldmine. So it's a good way to hedge against Patrick Mahomes' ownership. If you get Edwards-Hilaire healthy, and I do think he's a pretty outstanding running back, as is. And you can onslaught teams as well. When the uh, slates get smaller, onslaughting teams, uh, there's no issues. I have no issues going uh, mahomes uh Kelsey and Edwards Alaire or even Hill, just because Kansas City has those explosion games and you want to be on them when they do. Yeah, and they're massive favorites. Like you said, biggest team total. It's it's a game where we expect them to score a lot of points. And just for reference on this game having a high total and what we expect from the other side of the game, well, Ben Roethlisberger is the lowest projected quarterback on the slate and Patrick Mahomes the highest. So pretty good indication of where we're expecting the fantasy points to go to. Uh, in, in that game from a passing standpoint. Now, if Patrick Mahomes, I think we could pretty clearly agree is going to be the chalk at the quarterback position. Then I mentioned there's a lot of guys that are grouped together that are just kind of going to be similar after that, that I mentioned Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray. If you were building a lineup that did not have Patrick Mahomes at QB, who would be your second favorite option to go with the position? So one thing, uh, it was uh, interesting. I, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay, this will be the second time that they're playing against each other. Not That usually doesn't happen uh, very often. We get uh, uh, outer conference uh, divisions with the expanded playoffs. We get to see that happen yet again. La- that game against Philadelphia, Leonard Fournette had a monster game. Uh, the Philadelphia secondary has been very impressive all season long. So Tom Brady is fine just because they do throw the ball a lot, and he can definitely rack up three to four touchdowns. But I do like going to the running back in Tampa Bay. I do think Keyshawn Vaughn is a sneaky running back play. But all things put together, it is tough not to say Tom Brady or Dak Prescott are not one of my second or third uh, favorite uh, quarterbacks to go to just because of how things play out for them. Dak Prescott, a very, very friendly uh, stacking uh, end as well, where you can go quarterback uh, Dak, wide receiver Lamb, uh, tight end Schultz. But you don't even need to do that with no salary constraints. You can even have Kelsey in there as well. Not all the time you get to uh, jam in all the guys as well. Yeah. And I think that's also something that once again, to reiterate is really key over fan up. There's no salary cap here. We're just kind of projected uh, picking some of the players that are projected for the most fantasy points. And something that's interesting then as we move to running back and you brought this up at the top of the show, there's no Derrick Henry. The Titans are on a buy. There's no Jonathan Taylor because Carson Wentz and the Colts suck. They missed the playoffs. They lost to the Jaguars. And then some of the other top running backs just aren't in the mix. No Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, other guys that are usually staples at the top of the pricing range for running backs. So we're looking at other guys like Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette as potentially being the top running back options on this slate. Something else that could be relevant news that just came out a little before we started the show. Ronald Jones isn't practicing today for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it seems like there's a chance he doesn't play this weekend that could mean more touches for Lennon Fournette. We know he played the workhorse role for the majority of the season. 
I view Leonard Fournette as the number one overall running back on the slate. Do you see it any differently? Is there somebody you prefer to Leonard Fournette as the top RB? Yeah. So Leonard Fournette, obviously they just ran it in and it's glad to know that he's going to be hopefully full systems go, obviously a long extended absence. One thing, uh, him or Mixon, Mixon also in a, uh, their favorite right now. It wouldn't shock me if Vegas wins the team. Oh, uh, Vegas wins the game here. I, I, I do think uh, they're not getting enough credit uh, in that matchup. But if the game's expected to go the way I expect, I, I do think Mixon can have a big day. So I do prefer Mixon to Fournette just because Fournette's coming back from an extended absence. I, w- I would like to see how uh, how things are going at, uh, leading up to game time for Leonard Fournette. But those two guys definitely stand out. And if Edwards Alaire is healthy, he's right there with them just because of how well running backs have performed against Pittsburgh over the last four to five weeks. Yeah, so to me, that's the chalk of the position. We're looking at Fournette. We're looking at Mixon. Then we've got the next tier of guys where there's the Sony Michelle, Najee Harris, who we know has been massively involved in both the run game and the pass game for the Steelers this year. A little bit of a concern for me, though, about how big of underdogs they are. Uh, and then we've also got you know Josh Jacobs. You brought him as the Raiders potentially being in this game. Uh, Zeke Elliott, who's uh, looked pretty washed this year, but we've still seen some good fantasy games. So if you're deviating from the chalk from one of our two RBs, Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon, who's the next running back that you do think would be the mo- would make the most sense if you're looking to be a little more contrarian? Yeah, a little bit more contrarian. I mean, the guy's been uh, pissing me off a little late. <laughs> and James Conner, he gets all these one-yard rushing touchdowns. Exceptional goal line equity for uh, James Conner. Uh, in a matchup against uh, the Rams, uh, th- he played really well against him in the Monday night matchup uh, couple, about a month ago. Connor just gets all the touch, a touchdown upside, and it's very valuable to get that uh, in your roster uh, going into this season. So Connor w- would project for great touchdown equity. But a guy who's upped his running back, and they're running a lot more with him, and then there is a weather concern in New England, uh, sorry, in Buffalo this week, is Devin Singletary. Uh, if there's a lot of snow there, I expect Singletary and on the other side of things, Damian Harris to get a lot of run uh, in that game if the weather uh, weather ends up causing that to happen. So I do prefer those guys um, in this situation. Eli Mitchell would be another uh, obviously interesting option, but we see uh, Debo Samuel just getting a lot of uh, rushing opportunities. And you can roster Samuel in the wide receiver position, but he's not as appealing as he once was. Uh, at least a month ago, as Samuel has just been a monster of late, uh, just getting involved in the passing game, the running game, obviously the receiving game. He's been an absolute stud of late. Yeah, and I think that's a good talking point to transition to the wide receivers. And the wide receiver position is a lot more stacked in the running back position this week. You got Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase. Lots of the top running uh, wide receivers are in play for the playoffs. We don't have the top fantasy running backs in play this week. So that to me is going to be looking at this wide receiver position. I think that for the flex position, we're going to prioritize this a little bit as well. And then also to address a question we got here in the YouTube chat where Michael Durbin asked us thoughts on Nicole Hardman with his bump from last week. Don't forget the main reason Nicole Hardman got a bump last week was Tyree Kill got hurt warming up for the game. And then the Chiefs, they already knew they were going to be in the playoffs. They didn't want to risk it too much. They really limited the amount of time that Tyree Kill was on the field. I'm expecting Tyree Kill to be healthy this week, and particularly for a structure that is no salary cap. I don't think we need to dig too deep to go to a McCole Hardman. Uh, who is the player, if you like, who's the biggest long shot wide receiver you would take a shot on? Because it just doesn't seem that necessary for this format. Uh, other guys you want to take a long shot with? I know Josh Allen has been 
a stud. If the weather is fine in uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen to Diggs stack is pretty appealing. Diggs has the upside to really take off and run. The target should be there. I know it's a tough matchup if J.C. Jackson follows him around. That can be very difficult for uh, Stephon Diggs, but he's played well uh, in the most recent matchup the other day. The targets are there. So it's going to be a low-owned option. You're going to get a low-owned Josh Allen potentially, definitely about it, but he's also gets that rushing upside as well. So, And they throw the ball still a significant amount, and uh, it's kind of how the offense goes there. Other guys, I mean, uh, receiving-wise options that are going to get a lot of volume. I don't know how highly owned guys like Deontay Johnson will be. Deontay Johnson should be in, tar- in store for at least 14, 15 targets at the minimum. I expect them to be behind. And uh, well, fun fact, did you know Antonio Brown, the trade they got for Antonio Brown was Deontay Johnson? I did not. I did not remember that. Uh, but Ant- Antonio Brown, who uh, I assume is never going to play in the NFL again. That's a that's a pretty good return. That's an exceptional return. Yeah, I, I, I think Antonio Brown's a very talented player. We'll see if he <laughs> does. Uh, he's actually in the studio with Kanye at the moment, I believe. They're uh, chopping up some beats. Yeah. Did he text you to tell you that? Is that just exclusive information that, that went to Rimpack? Yeah, I got the AB on the speed dial, you already know. <laughs> uh, but uh, outside of uh, uh, Diggs and uh, Josh Allen, I mean, Josh Allen has the upside uh, to definitely be very high scoring. With no uh, salary constraint, it's not necessary to stack, and uh, you don't have to force to be stacked. You could just, just target the upside in every position. Like, you can go Josh Allen at the quarterback, which uh, you – with the rushing upside he has, he probably is one of our highest projected QBs on the site. Tight end Kelsey, which is completely fine. A running backs, you could uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Mixon. <laughs> That's pretty chalky build. I'm get pretty much giving out a lineup. So, and the other wide receivers, uh, in terms of target wise, you can mix and match. Obviously, Cooper Cup in the flex makes a lot of sense. He's been a lock for 20 points week in and week out. Debo Samuel uh, definitely stands out to me. And one of the Dallas guys that being the other wide receiver is how I would envision just a raw projected points, like your quote unquote fan up optimal would be something like that. Any disagreements there? It is so hard to get away from Cooper cup, particularly in the flex spot. So yeah. just for, just for reference, looking at our projection from compared to the other players, you know, we've got Leonard Fournette's projected for 22 fantasy points. That's all well and good. None of the tight ends are projected for over 20 fantasy points. We've got Tyreek Hill just slightly over 20 fantasy points. That's like the floor for Cooper Cup. If you played Cooper Cup in DFS over the last couple of weeks and he scored 20 fantasy points, you'd be like, oh, crap, I got a bad Cooper Cup game. They just don't really exist actual bad games. So in a structure where there's no salary cap, it's just hard to envision a scenario where Cooper Cup fails. There's no opportunity cost because in DFS, when we've been building salary cap lineups, the opportunity cost with Cooper Cup is, oh, look, we have to pay $10,000 for this guy or you got to play 10-5 on FanDuel, 9-7 on DK. That's been the only tripping point with Cooper Cup is do I want to spend that much salary and where do I find the other value? We don't have to worry about that here. So to me... Cooper Cup is the biggest no-brainer play on this slate. If I was building a bunch of lineups, Cooper Cup is the player I'd get the most exposure to. I think that's pretty sensible. Is that where you would stand on him as well? For sure. And also with how unique this contest is, because it aggregates week in and week out, having a high floor helps you tread water. And treading water is really helpful. That's something that I noticed playing this throughout the season. Just having that high floor week in and week out will give you a potential to compete uh, for that top prize uh, come the Super Bowl. So Another thing that was cool, I actually was fortunate and lucky enough to win one of these weeks. I uh, can't, I actually ended up 
winning one of the weeks and they sent me a Pat Mahomes jersey. So that's one thing that's pretty cool is like if you win the week outright, you can pick a jersey of your choice, which is kind of cool. So uh, that was uh, it's somewhere in the house, uh, but I'm not a big jersey guy, but uh, it, it's nice to get a Pat Mahomes jersey when you can. Big neon lights guy though, Rin Pack, which all, all the uh, all the people watching at home that they, they love the setup. Uh, let's get over to tight end, and th- there's we've got the top tight ends for fantasy on this slate as well: Gronk, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. I don't really think there's too much reason to consider anybody else. But which tight end do you view as the top overall option, and does that at all get influenced based on who you're playing at quarterback for a little bit more correlation with the stack? It has to be uh, uh, Travis Kelsey for me. Uh, Kelsey, red zone looks are great for him. Uh, there could be easily a three touchdown to Kelsey game. He gets involved in that. Uh, it, you know, they have that little that reward. Uh, they call, count it as a receiving touchdown when Pat Mahomes just shovels the pass to him. They have a lot of goal line packages in Kansas City built out for Travis Kelsey. So that's always very interesting to see uh, how that pans out. Uh, so uh, Kelsey for me, and then I'm going to have to actually – Darren Waller would be number two uh, for me. I think Darren Waller should be healthy now. It's a great matchup against Cincinnati. Tight ends have done very well against Cincinnati uh, throughout the season. I like going to uh, Darren Waller for sure uh, in this matchup for him. And I do. I don't think he'll be that Ellen just because people have forgotten about him. Uh, he's not been playing as much. So I think uh, Darren Waller for sure uh, is someone you can uh, go to. And it's safe to say there's no real reason for serious consideration for a tight end outside of Gronk, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. To me, it's those four. And then I don't want to really be playing Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz. Obviously, it's possible for one of those guys to have a big game, but it's so outside the realm of what's realistic compared to guys like Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Gronk that I just don't want to consider them. But if you're playing, I know because a lot of times you play a lot of lineups and things like this, would, do you think that you would be considering guys like Goddard, Ertz, or, or Higby or anything? Oh, uh, Goddard, not necessarily Dallas Goddard. I just don't know. He, it, it's going to be interesting. Goddard in this matchup, I do expect them to be down, and then it's probably going to force Jalen Hurts to throw a lot. So uh, with that being said, they're going to be very low on options, and all you need them is to outscore them this week, right? You need them to be the highest scoring. It could pan out. And at a certain point, it's tough to project what the field is going to do with such a new site and people obviously playing the high projected guys week in and week out. So there is some merit where Goddard can outscore him. And, and that's one way to get different. You can build a very chalky lineup. Let's, uh, for, uh, like, let's see, you go Mahomes and the two Fournette and Mixon and Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup. And instead of playing Kelsey, you just go to Goddard. That's all you get. That's one way to build differentiation and gives you the upside of potentially winning out the week and having that high scoring for that week. And then the next week you go back to the chalk because you already outperformed the chalk in week one. You don't necessarily need to uh, do that again the following week. So it's a, it's an interesting game theory aspect of that as well. All right. Now here's how we're going to close the show, the flex play of the week. So Cooper Cup is going to be the pretty obvious one. I think that both of us would say if you had to play any one player in the flex spot, it would be Cooper Cup. So let's deviate a little bit and close the show like this. If you're playing somebody in the flex spot who is not Cooper Cup this week, Ryan, who is it that you would be going with? Ooh, the flex play of the week. Uh, if I'm not going to Cooper Cup in the flex this week, if Leonard Fournette is all systems go, I'm going to Lenny Fournette. I do think if Lenny Fournette is all systems go, I expect a three down roll for him and Lenny Fournette uh, has played really well uh, 
and playoff Lenny is a thing. Uh, playoff Lenny is a thing. And, uh, I'm all about that playoff Lenny. So he'll be my flex play of the week. I like the team total for Tampa. They're at home. Expect uh, Lenny to be involved if he's all systems go. If, I'll give another one if Leonard Fournette is not um, ready to go. I do think targeting the upside in volume of uh, Joe Mixon. I, I do think Mixon is uh, a pretty solid play. I do think a lot of people are going to go to Burrow. So I do think that's one way to uh, get leverage in the sense of going to Mixon if Burrow is going to be popular with the Burrow stack. So I think Joe Mixon would be my second one. All right. I love it. And I was going to pick Joe Mixon as well after you went with Fournette, but you already, you already gave it away. So I'd say if I went with somebody else, maybe Jamar Chase, we're just looking for the most upside possible because Jamar Chase, while he wasn't consistent this year, we're talking about a guy who's probably not going to be rostered that much in the flex and his legitimate upside for 200 plus receiving yards. We've seen that this year. So that is going to do it for us. That is our little intro here to fan up, hopefully doing more shows for them. Thank you guys very much for watching. Like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And don't forget, if you're signing up at FanUp for the first time, use the promo code AWESOMO. That's all capital letters, AWESOMO. And you get $20 in free play money without putting anything down. So good way to get started and FanUp. Good luck this weekend, guys. Thank you.